The definition of hope is this. It is to look forward to with desire a reasonable trust. To feel that something desired is going to actually happen. Hope uh, really is as important as the air we breathe are as important as water is to fish. You see, it is essential to the life that we live and the dreams that we dream. Someone once said this, take away our hope and our world is reduced to something between desperation and despair. So what is it like to, to actually have hope when everything around you seems a little bit hopeless? Today, uh, we understand we don't have to look very far to experience hopelessness. We look around and it comes and stares us in the face each and every day, whether we want it to or not. And just this week, we still see the ongoing crisis that's in the Ukraine. We see the subway shootings that happened in Brooklyn. Inflation's hitting a 40-year high, and from a distance, man, things can just look a little bit hopeless. Or maybe for you, hopelessness has hit just a little closer to home. A failed relationship, a, a financial situation that looks insurmountable, maybe the uncertainty of a health issue like David was facing with his wife Nancy on that video. Whatever it might be, I believe in the midst of all that is swirling around us in this season, because of the resurrection, because of this one called Jesus Christ, because of Easter, hope is here. Even as you might stand in the midst of hopelessness, hope stands waiting for you here and waiting for you now. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Mark chapter 16, Mark chapter 16, but Jesus had been crucified. He was dead and now buried. For those who loved him and followed him, they thought he was the coming Messiah and the Savior of this world. How could this be? And you see, all of a sudden, from where they stood, all hope was lost. As they woke up the next morning, they were prepared to go and take care of his body that was in the tomb. And this is where we kind of pick up the story. And can I remind you tonight, this is not just a story, but this is an actual historic event that took place. It's an actual event that our faith and our hope stands on as followers of Jesus Christ. And this one single event, the resurrection, changed the course of history. Starting in Mark chapter 16, verse 1, it says this, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on, the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. This man said, hey, don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. I love verse 7. It says, go tell the disciples and Peter. When I read that scripture, those two words just kind of changed everything for me. And Peter. Think about it. Why Peter? What was so significant about this guy? 
Why did the angel single him out and call him by name to make sure that he knew Jesus had risen from the dead? You know, I think there are many reasons why this happened. I think he was called by name, not just for Peter's sake, but I think for your sake and for mine. You see, I think Peter had two lives. He had one before the resurrection and he had one after the resurrection. And today I want to look at the resurrection through the lens and the life of Peter before the resurrection happened and after it happened. If you've been with us over the past several weeks, you've heard a lot about this guy, Peter. If you don't know about him, he's one of the 12 disciples. In the book of Luke chapter five, his name given to him at birth was Simon. He was a fisherman by trade. And he was out in the boat fishing when Jesus showed up in his life. And Jesus began to teach in the boat. And after a while, Jesus looked at him. He said, hey, why don't you drop down your nets for a catch? And he said, you hadn't been here, Jesus, but we've done that all night and we've hardly caught anything. And Jesus said, well, why don't you do it again? And Peter let down his nets. So Peter and the boys pulled their boat over and they left down their nets. And all of a sudden they got a, a big haul. It was the most fish they had ever caught. And then Peter in that moment said, get away from me, Jesus, for I am a sinful man. And Jesus said to Peter, he said, hey, don't be afraid of me. He said, listen up, you're not going to fish anymore, but you're going to be a fisher of men. Which means now, Peter, you're going to go bring hope to the hopeless. And you're going to go share the good news of who I am. And Peter and the boys, they left everything and they began to follow Jesus. This guy wasn't just one of the 12 disciples. He became the spokesperson for the 12, whether they liked it or not. See, this guy was rugged. He was strong-willed. He was determined. He did nothing halfway. He was blindly courageous. And he was a bit of a zealous, which caused him to overstate his commitment to Jesus on more than one occasion. But see, Jesus knew something about this Peter. He looked past his flaws and all of his shortcomings, and he saw that there was a man there who was gonna change the world. On another occasion, Jesus was hanging out with the disciples, and, and Jesus asked him, he said, hey, who do, who do the people say that I am? And they answered, some say John the Baptist or Elijah, some have said Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And then Jesus asked this question, who do you say I am? And then Peter just yelled out, you are the Messiah, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon. And now I tell you, your name is now Peter. And Peter, which means rock, on this rock I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Can you imagine what Peter must have thought in that moment? Can you imagine that he was now, out of all the people in the world, I'm sure he's just going, I'm the one that's going to help usher in the kingdom? I'm the one out of the 12 and everyone else that, that Jesus has chosen. I'm the one that's going to be the rock and the foundation of the church is going to be set up on me. Can you believe it? Me, Peter. And this stubborn, devoted, loyal man knew no bounds. And yet later his commitment would be put to the test. Jesus warned him that because of who he was, that Satan was going to come and he was going to tempt him. He was going to be on his tail. And, and really, this strong, secure man in himself didn't pay much attention to Jesus. In fact, in Luke chapter 22, here's what he said when Jesus said that. He said, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready to go with you to prison and even to death. And yet Jesus knew that wasn't the case. 
that this strong, secure man wouldn't be strong after all. In fact, this guy would completely cave. And in Luke chapter 22, Jesus continued on after he said that. He said, well, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you knew me. You see, the text tells us right after that, Jesus was arrested. Peter followed him at a distance. As he followed him at a distance, there were some people that were hanging out and they were eating by the fire and there was this little slave girl that was sitting there and he sat down next to her and, and she looked at him and she says, hey, uh, aren't you with, with Jesus? And immediately he said, I don't even know what you're talking about. He gets up and he moves on and there's another group of people and he hangs out with them and they said, hey, aren't you one of those disciples and aren't you a follower of Jesus? He said, you've got the wrong person and he continued to walk and another person recognized him and said, you're one of those Gentiles, you're a follower of Jesus, aren't you? And for the third time, he denied that he even knew Jesus. And when that happened, the rooster crowed and the text said that the Lord looked right at Peter and he remembered the words that Jesus had spoken in that moment. Before the rooster crows today, Peter, you will disown me three times. And the text says that Peter went outside and he began to weep bitterly. And right there in that moment, Peter knew he had failed. And standing in the midst of his failure, this seemingly strong and courageous man had failed Jesus. And now he had found himself exactly where Jesus had told him he was going to be. And now in this moment, he was far from courageous and committed, but now he was broken and disillusioned and he was hopeless. The one who was supposed to be the rock and help build his church had crumbled and hit rock bottom. And yet, you know what? This picture of Peter, I think most of us can relate to because every one of us in this room knows what it's like to fail. And most of us know what it feels like when we actually think we're a failure. And just like in Peter's day, you know what happens with failures? The world says that it's fatal. But you see, what Peter didn't understand in that moment was Jesus was about ready to redefine and reshape his life. You see, because of his courage and love that he had for Peter and everyone else, he died on a cross so that not only Peter might know what it's like to truly live, we might know what it's like to truly live. See, tonight hope is here, and we actually wanna show you what that hope looks like through people just like you, who before Christ and a 10-week experience we call rooted, these people that are gonna walk across the stage here in a moment, experience the love and hope of Jesus. And they wanna share with you what life was before and now what life looks like after. And here's what we do when this happens. And tonight there's just gonna be a portion of I think over 40 people that are gonna share their testimonies over our four services here. And they're gonna show you a card on the front that tells us who they were before Christ and then what happened after Christ touched their life. And when they flip that sign over, you gotta wait because you can't clap for the first part, right? That's not the good part. You gotta wait till they flip it over. And when they flip it over, then we're gonna celebrate with them. Because see, every one of them and everyone here, we understand what failure is. But now they've experienced the grace and the hope of Jesus Christ. You see, hope tonight is here. And it is a hope that goes beyond your failures and your shortcomings. 
and it is a hope that can be real for you because this hope has given everything for you. So you see, today hope is here. And today this hope is for you. Let's watch and celebrate the goodness of God. So today you just might ask, uh, why? (laughs) Why is there hope for me? You don't know my story. You don't know who I am. You don't know what I've done. You don't understand. And you know what the answer is? I don't. But I know there is hope for you because there was hope for me. And I know who I am. And I know that there is a God that loved me and saved me and redeemed me. And he calls me by name. And I just want to tell you tonight, it's not about what you've done or what you will do, but it's about what has already been done for you. See, when Jesus' death happened, everyone thought the life of Jesus was over, but his heavenly father. His son was dead and buried, but God raised him from the dead on the third day. God took the crucifixion and he made it into a celebration. And that celebration is for anyone who would choose to believe in the name of Jesus Christ. And you see, I think that is why those words from the angel were so important and why hope is here for you today because you and I are just like Peter, aren't we? You can just substitute your name or your circumstance in there because all of us have failed and all of us have shortcomings and all of us in this room knows what it means to disappoint not only God but ourselves. And when the angel comes and he says, hey, go tell the disciples and Peter. You mean Peter, that guy that denied Jesus three times? That guy that doubted him and didn't believe in him or believe him at all? That guy that failed him and disowned him at Jesus' greatest moment? Go tell the disciples and that guy, Peter. See, culture would have canceled him. And society would have labeled him as a failure. And yet Jesus was just getting started with him. You see, what the angel was saying with those two simple words was this, that hope is here. And it is still here for you, Peter, no matter what you've done. What great news tonight. Because of the resurrection, hope is here. For you see, after the resurrection, Peter's life was transformed. Peter was used by God to be a catalyst in forming the early church. As the rock, he would now finally live up to his name. In Acts chapter 2, it says Peter gave the first sermon, and on that night when he preached, 3,000 people were saved and they were baptized. He was chosen to be the one that would go and perform miraculous healings. He confronted the Jewish authorities on Jesus' behalf and he spoke out against them. And it was through his ministries that the doors of the church were open, not just to the Jews, but to now to all Gentiles. And the door was open for faith to you and to me. God restored this man into a powerfully effective person. This vacillating, impulsive, overzealous Simon. He was changed now. He was broken And he emerged as Peter, the rock. He now had hope beyond the grave and hope beyond his failure. You see, the resurrection reshaped his life and his future. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ can do the same for you. Hope is here. And that hope has a name. And his name is Jesus Christ. See, Jesus fully died so you could fully live here and now and for all eternity. 
And the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the single event that our faith stands on today, and it has stood the test of time. At the heart of the resurrection is the heart of what we believe, and it is what changed the heart of Peter. Before the resurrection, remember Peter was with Jesus. He watched Jesus do miracles. He said he believed in Jesus. He knew him, but he never really experienced Jesus and his resurrection power until after Jesus rose from the dead. And his life was never the same. See, Jesus emptied his life on the cross and he left an empty tomb so that he might fill the emptiness in your heart today. Let me say that again. Jesus emptied his life on a cross and he left an empty tomb so he might fill the emptiness in your heart today. The writer of Hebrews said it this way, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Do you know what his joy was? It was you. You see, he suffered and he endured the cross because he wanted to be in a relationship with you. And just like Peter, um, he calls your name. Because of the cross, he has overcome all your sin and all your shortcomings. He has overcome your past and he wants to bring hope into your future. You see, at the core, Christianity is really just about a, a connection, a connection with God the Father through his son, Jesus Christ. And none of us are perfect, but tonight you are perfectly loved. And none of us are without sin, but we have been given a savior that has taken care of all our sin. I saw this little quote this week, and it said that the enemy, Satan, knows your name and he calls you by your sin. But God knows your sin, and he calls you by your name. See, those two words, go tell the disciples and Peter, are pretty important for us. Because what was being said in that moment is this, Peter, I'm not holding your sins against you. I'm not counting what you did against me, against you. I have forgiven you. I have risen from the dead, and now I want to give you that resurrection powder. See, power. See, Peter, I'm not holding anything against you, and I know your name. And the question is, what or who will you let define you? The enemy will tell you that it is your sin that defines you. And this one Jesus says, no. It is your name that I call you by name and I know you and you can be my child. See, tonight Jesus didn't rise from the dead so people could see a great miracle. Jesus rose from the dead so people could actually see a great miracle in you. Jesus didn't rise from the dead so that you might just live now. No, Jesus said, I'm going to bring a little heaven to earth in and through you because my power by the power of the spirit now dwells within you. He rose from the dead so you could put to death your past and he could breathe new life into your future. See, hope is here this Easter and hope is here for you. And just like Peter, he calls you by name and not your sin. And here is what he asks of you tonight. He asks this first, that you admit, that you actually admit that you need a savior. 
Romans 5, verse 6 and 8 says this, you see, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so he says, first, would you admit? And second, would you believe? Would you believe that hope is actually here for you, no matter who you are or what you've done? Romans 10 said, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, it was nothing about you or your sin. It was about all that Christ did for you. You will be saved, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith, and you are saved. We have 11 services over the next couple of days in five different campuses. We have right now, and Tom told you, uh, over 100 people. We have 132 people pre-registered to be baptized. And here's what those 132 people are going to do. They're going to be baptized and they're going to proclaim now that they believe in this one Jesus Christ, but not that they just believe, but that he has transformed their lives and they are giving their lives completely over to him. And what they are saying when we put them underwater is that they are dying to their old selves and that is being buried. And when they come up out of the water, they are a new creation. No longer the old because that has passed away. Now they are new in Christ. And if you've been here before, you know there's nothing magical about this water, but they are just professing that Jesus is their savior and Lord because of the resurrection power. They now have his power living in them. And when they come up, you'll see a smile on their face and you'll see some of them jump and you'll see some of us just get soaked in our clothes. You know why? Because Jesus changed their life. See, hope is here and you're gonna see it which means tonight hope is here for you. I remember when I was an 11 year old boy and I remember I walked down at Overland Church of the Nazarene on a Friday night and there was an evangelist by the name of Terry Jones and he spoke and I remember the night that Jesus Christ saved my heart and changed my life. And at 11 years old, I knelt at an altar right on the corner and we used to have altars down in the front. And I had these people come and pray over me and I remember that God did something inside my heart. And here I stand, 40-something years later, and I still believe with all of my heart that there is nothing that you have done that separates you from the love of God because he loves you just as you are. He just doesn't want you to stay that way. And he said today, if you confess and if you believe, he says, you will be saved. Admit, believe, and then the last one is that you would commit, that you would commit your lives to Jesus Christ. Davis told, David told us in that opening video about his wife, Nancy, and her illness. And it was really watching her that turned his life around. And the great thing about that story is Nancy received a heart transplant three weeks ago. And she's now at home and she physically is recovering, which is awesome. See, when you, when you watch David get up here and he'll be singing in just a minute and then you'll recognize, you go, oh, that's David. You know why he's raising his hands and you know why he's got a smile on his face and you know why he's all interjected. It's because he didn't get healed physically, he got healed spiritually. And because of that, Jesus transformed him and he's never gonna be the same. And some of you think this is a little bit crazy. I just wanna tell you, one day, you're gonna have to face the end of your life and none of the stuff we do on this life is gonna matter. 
And you're going to have to figure out where you're going to spend eternity. One with God or one without God. And he says, I've come. And I don't care what you've done or who you are or how messed up you are. I came to save each and every one of you. And I call you by name. Oh, man. Go tell the disciples and Peter and John and Bob and Susie and Carolyn because his salvation was for you. Think about it. The dude betrayed him right when he was going to the cross. Not once, not twice, but three times. You know what I would have done? I would have canceled him. You're out of here. And Jesus said, make sure Peter knows that I'm alive. He's the rock. But he did it for you. So may today not be a day you remember hearing something about Jesus. But may it be the day you choose to believe in Jesus. See, Jesus will transform your heart. He will reshape your life. And he will change your eternal destiny. Peter fully gave his life to his Savior and he experienced the resurrection power and God wrote a new story and he changed the world through that man. Let me remind you as I close tonight, when Jesus died on the cross, so did your sin. But when he rose from the dead, so did your hope. You see, resurrection power takes dead things and he makes them alive instantly. And that hope is found when you choose to admit and believe and commit. Jesus, when he died on the cross, he died the same way he lived with his arms wide open. And they are wide open for you today. Hope is found here. Would you stand with me? God, tonight, thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that he came to save and transform and renew and restore dead things. Thank you that he gives life. And thank you for the story of Peter because it's the story of every single one of us in here. So tonight, I just pray over these people for new life. I pray in this moment, there are people that will say, man, I, I gotta admit tonight, I need a savior. Just in your own heart, just say, I admit, I need a savior. And Jesus, I believe that you are the savior of the world. And it says, when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, it says you will be saved because it's not about what you did or what you will do. It's about everything it's already done for you. And he says, will you believe? And so tonight I pray you would just simply say to him, Lord Jesus, I believe, I believe. And Father, we celebrate that you come and you begin to transform. And sometimes it's immediate and sometimes it takes a while. And God, we are all sinners. We're just saved by your grace. And so all of us are on this journey together. So thank you for those tonight that said, I believe. And for the rest of us, may we understand, God, you still want to do a work in us. You still want to work through us. And if we've accepted you, we have the resurrection power that lives and dwells within us. So we thank you tonight for your forgiveness. We thank you that you do not call us by our sin, but you call us by our name. And Jesus, because of you, hope is here. 
So we're going to celebrate and we're going to baptize and we're going to give you thanks for your transforming resurrection power in the lives of these people tonight. It's in the powerful name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.